The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for, for you, who is Christ and Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. The thing I want all of us to focus on tonight is how Jesus came and entered the world to enter our individual story, to actually enter into our individual life, to know us individually, not, not just as a world, but actually you individually in your life. So I want you to keep that ever close in your mind during this homily today. I'm sure many of you have already watched it this year and, and you know, and some of you are a fan of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And much like the gospel, as time unfolds, you can hear the same gospel over and over and over again, but sometimes something just speaks to you like you've never heard it before. You're like, I've heard this a million times, and yet I've never heard that one phrase or that one word or, or that one aspect of the gospel. And, and often certain movies are like that, especially those that um, are more than meets the eye. Now, one of the things I noticed over the last few years that was really profound to me is often, you know, with Christmas movies, they're sort of just like on, right, like in the background. So you might see them at different parts, but you know you've seen the whole thing in its entirety at some point, but often you're watching different parts. Well, the very, very beginning of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, starts with prayer. That's how the beginning of that movie starts, with a bunch of different voices 
Friends and family of the character George Bailey, lifting up their prayers to God. You know, dear Lord, please help my dad, George Bailey. You know, dear Lord, please help my husband, George. Dear Lord, please help my friend, George. You hear all of these different voices lifting their prayer up to God. And then the camera angle changes and it shifts up to the sky. And what do you see? You see something that looks kind of like the Milky Way, like a galaxy, who is a representation of God the Father. And then you see a representation of something that looks a little bit more like a constellation next to it, who's St. Joseph. And then eventually they call in the humble angel Clarence, who appears as a tiny little star to discuss with them. And in the heavens, they're talking to one another. And, and it's amazing. And God hears all those prayers. It's just like there's an overwhelming call by the people who love George. And he's like, so we need to send somebody to help him. We have to send somebody to help him. So this is really another sort of message for what happened with Jesus. <laughs> you know, he sends someone else to help us to be a part of our life, Jesus Christ. But in the movie, there's something very profound that happens in that initial conversation. They're talking and they're talking and they say, Clarence, we need to send you to help this man named George. And then he says, is he sick? That's the first question that Clarence asks. And God says, no, worse. He's discouraged. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. He's discouraged was worse than being sick. The state of despair that he found himself in was worse. That is why Jesus came down to this earth, to be with us as individuals. Because I think the thing that the world has forgotten is that it was a rescue mission. The reason that we call Jesus Christ a savior is because we actually needed to be saved. We actually needed to be rescued. The thing that many people have forgotten is something that St. Pope John Paul II talked about and Pope Pius XII talked about. The loss of the sense of sin. We remember that we inherit a sin from our first parents, what we call original sin that Adam and Eve, what ends up happening is instead of trying to live in God's will, which they already had, they already had this connection with God, and they lived in a perfect world. But instead of their own, in their own pride, what they do is they want to live in their own will instead of God's will. And that breaks them away from God and the rest of humanity. And so we forget sometimes that the world we live in is not a perfect world. We, in fact, we cannot make the world a perfect world because it has been fallen and we need a redeemer. And where perfection lies is in heaven. The truly wonderful life is when we are reunited with God in eternal life. But that is his promise to all of us. So what happens is that we see all the strife, in the difficulty and the pain in the world for original sin. 
and I, I'm willing to bet that there are probably dozens and dozens of you who are baptized in this very baptismal font, you know, right here. Why? To be adopted into Jesus Christ's family to cleanse us all from original sin is why we were baptized. And then as we led up to Advent, what, had, what ends up happening is also really profound. When Jesus is about to start his public ministry on the earth, he's baptized by John the Baptist. Not because he needs to be baptized for that forgiveness of remission or remission of original sin, but so that he can make these waters holy for our benefit in the future, to cleanse every single one of us and to bring him into his fold. Now, something else is also profound in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. George is super idealistic, and he's actually, in the, in the beginning, he's very, very driven by his own will. What does he say? I, I want to go out and see the world. I want to see Greece and Italy. I want to go everywhere. He gets this big suitcase because he's planning this escape. You know, he says, from this crummy town, I want to shake the dust off my feet and get out of this crummy town. That's kind of, you know, what he's saying. He wants to move on with his life. But then something really profound happened. A couple profound things happened in George's life. You know, he starts to get closer to Mary, right? Somebody who has loved him since he was a young man, but he's just starting to see it himself. But then something all of a sudden happens. His father has a stroke, and then tragedy strikes in his life. And all of a sudden, when he's on the verge of escaping and doing what he has always wanted to do, he's faced with something far greater. He realizes not just his family, not just his father who has died, but the fate of the whole town sort of rests on a decision that he makes. And what does he do? He sacrifices his hopes and his dreams of getting out of that town to save it. It's all an allegory for what Jesus Christ did to us. It doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't happen by nice means. It actually happens by sacrifice, by our Lord laying down his life for all of us. Now, when I was a little kid, and I know you guys all have stories, but this is what we're looking for, remember? We're trying to see where, where Christ, where Jesus enters into our story into our individual life. So on a Christmas Eve like this, when I was a little kid in, in New York, what would happen is we would go over to my grandparents' house for Christmas Eve. And that was almost as big as Christmas. It was a really big Italian family. And when I was like a little kid, we would walk up to, and each one of my, me, my sister, all my cousins, we would have a pile of gifts that was like actually taller than us. They would be stacked like all the way up, and each child had its own individual pile. And you're just, be, I mean, like the little, little future Father Peter was like, you know, just like looking up at this stack of gifts and, you know, just kind of enamored by it. Now, as you got a little bit older, you started to learn something, though, is that actually in that stack of gifts, it was mostly clothes. You know, it was like socks, underwear, clothes. That was where my aunts and uncles actually provided most of our, like, clothing throughout the year. And so, as a little child, it was a little disappointing. But, 
But the amazing thing about it, though, was there was one gift somewhere in that giant pyramid that was from my grandparents. Oh, man, and that was the one. It was like the toy or like the thing that we really want, you know, so you're like wanting to get through, oh, where is the one? Where's like Granny and Poppy's gift? That's the one I'm looking for. I remember one time it was like a remote control car. Like, I mean, it was always something really, really cool. And so you're digging through that big giant pile just to find that one amazing gift. That's who Jesus Christ is. He really is the one amazing gift. A lot of the rest of that stuff was sort of like, some of it kind of necessary, but all of it somewhat distracting from the thing that actually brought us great, great joy. And where that great joy comes into our life is here. On this altar, I'm sure many of you will share a meal tonight. Many of you will share a meal tomorrow. But remember, the Lord gives us himself in this moment at the altar where he becomes, from simple bread and wine, his body and blood becomes a part of us. Now flashback again to It's a Wonderful Life, an unbelievably profound moment in that movie. He's with Mary after they'd fallen into the pool, you know, when they were dancing and stuff, and they're walking down the street. And what does he do? He looks up at the moon, and he's just like, Mary, do you want, do you want the moon? I'll give it to you. I will throw a lasso around the moon, and I will pull it, pull it down, <laughs> and I will give it to you. You know, why does he say that? Because deep, deep inside each one of us, is we are made for something far greater that is far outside of our earth, something that's way bigger than us, and it really is eternity with God. So he looks outside of the earth to try to give something far greater to the woman that he is falling in love with. And what does he say? He says something that's almost like an allusion to the Eucharist itself. He goes, I'll bring down the moon on a lasso and then you'll swallow it, see, and it'll dissolve inside of your being, see, and then moonbeams will shoot out of the ends of your hair and your fingers and your toes. It's like what happens in the Eucharist. The Lord says, I will give you myself, see? I'll give you myself. And then you'll, you'll swallow me, and I'll be a part of you. I'll dissolve into your very being. And then my grace, my light, will shoot out of the ends of your hair, out of your fingers, out of your toes, until I am a part of you. And then when every one of you goes back out into the world, outside of this church, this small little real estate spot of heaven, you bring his light to the rest of the world, just like he brought it to our world in the first place, what we celebrate at his very birth. That's what we celebrate, that he came down to be a part. When I say us, like I say, I say us, I mean you and you and you and you, every one of us individually. 
he gives that gift and wants to be integrated into your life. It's overwhelming, but we're already overwhelmed by a lot of things that are out in the world. So we don't always have this reminder, something that allows us to focus on the Lord. But Christmas is that reminder. I remember when I was a little kid and I found out what the word Christmas was composed of, right? Christ and Mass. Christmas. You know, we come here at Christ's Mass to receive him, to be reminded of if we are afraid, if we are discouraged, if we are lonely, even if we're experiencing great joy. God is a part of every single one of those experiences with you if you let him in to your life. So we open ourselves up at this Christmas Mass and we make room for him in our hearts. And if that requires removing other things in our life, other obstacles out of the way, then so be it. Anything so that we can allow him to be closer to us. If we could do that, it'll, it'll transform our lives. It really, really will. And then our whole life will be oriented until we meet him again in eternal life in heaven. So, God bless you all so very much. I mean, I, I truly love you from the bottom of my heart. And it fills my heart to see all of you here today in spite of everything we have been facing in the last two years that you are here. Remember what it means to be a follower of Christ. Remember what it means for him to enter into your life. But remember, it's always done through sacrifice, just like Jesus led the way. Finally, in that very last scene of It's a Wonderful Wife, what happens? What happens? At the end, on the table, all the money, when all the people help George out, what does he see? He sees the book Robinson Crusoe on there that belonged to Clarence. He opens the book up and it says, Remember, George, no man is a failure who has friends. But I'll do you one better. Jesus said it a little bit better than that. He said, there is no greater gift than to lay down your life for your friends. God bless you all.